Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to On the Table Gaming. This is episode 16, and I'm your host, Chase. Josh. And we're going to be talking about A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. You know, we've got a lot of things planned for this new year. We want to be taking the podcast in, in, a, in a few different directions. Part of our quest to start improving some of the audio and the, the overall podcast is we're going to be adding in some segments. So take a second right now and come on over and join me in our new segment called The Rookery, where we discuss uh, new news for A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. So people, <laughs> so uh, there's a there's a lot of birds in here. It's okay. we got to do something about this. Um, just, just make sure you know. Just I don't want to get stuck in here. So make sure you hold the door. So um, people people have been asking a lot about the new unit releases that are coming up in these next few months. And there's a lot of cool things coming out in January, February, and we have the latest news with a special message from Adam Lovell the general manager of U.S. operations and the director of sales for North America and English International, who was saying on the Facebook group, the uh, next roughly four months of releases through April will be communicated in the next week or two. This should be our timeline going forward. You will hopefully know the release names and prices four months in advance, and that will be updated on a monthly basis. So that, How awesome is that? That's amazing. So we're going to be finally yeah. out of this dead zone here. Yeah, man. Everybody's back from the holiday, back from New Year's, ready to start getting to work, pumping out some from some guys, man. I'm so excited to see what they've got planned. I know we have, you know, a lot of the spoilers for everything that's coming out, but it's going to be really nice to have like a consistent release schedule. I think that's crucial for a game's success uh, is kind of having like an expectation. And it's going to be so awesome to be able to plan around that and, and you know, start getting some uh, some more variety on the table. I'm gonna be having so much fun playing my free folk here that I'm not even I'm not even worried. Maybe maybe we're gonna find out about Tully Cavaliers. I don't know. But uh, Oh my goodness. I'll that's be, my that's my my dream. I'm waiting for the heavy start cavalry. I'm gonna be building snowmen off north of the wall, so we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, right on. But for today's episode, uh, you know, we have something actually kind of special in store, right, Josh? Hey, we have the scenario spectacular, or as Chase wrote it in the Google Doc, <laughs> scenario specular. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's that wildling spelling. I, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, they don't have very good uh, learning up there in the north. Uh, so, so what we have here is, uh, as we announced after the PAX, the PAX event, is that we have a captain's promo set. So these are the metallic sworn sword captain and assault veteran promo set. So I have that right here in my hands, ready to be given away to the best new scenario of 2019. So we had a lot of awesome submissions. People clearly took a ton of time. I mean, some people even dropped it into the same format that the rule book comes in. So we actually have like, you know, basically ready to print stuff, which we're going to be sharing on the Facebook page, which is on facebook.com slash on the table gaming. So what we wanted to do is talk about sort of our top three, the three best submissions that we received. But you know, if you guys still have stuff that maybe you were working on and, and you still have going and cooking in, uh, you know, feel free to send that in. I think it's still going to be awesome for us to talk about that and uh, you know, bring that to the community, have a stress test it, and, uh, and see how the game works. And so we have our top three choices here for scenarios. And you know what? Why don't we work our way up? from all the way up to our, our pinnacle scenario here, the winner of our competition. And we'll start off, good. let's start off with the Battle of the Abandoned Holdfast. So this scenario sent to us by Tom Tyler. It's proposing that there's a scenario where the Night's Watch are trying to discover and then escort Arya Stark off the table and keep her safe 
from Gregor Clegane and the uh, Lannister forces. So this is basically, uh, if you you know, remember the book or the show, this is when Arya was being taken north by Yorin after, spoiler alert, the, ends, the, the end of season one, basically. Uh, and so uh, they were attacked by Gregor Clegane's men. And this is sort of a representation of, you know, a Night's Watch army, quote unquote, that's going to basically try to smuggle Arya Stark uh, to freedom. And, uh, you know, this it's uh, using a 40-point list. And uh, the Night's Watch include Arya Stark, which is, you know, a, a not-yet-released miniature, uh, as part of their faction. And what I kind of liked about this one was there's a certain element of randomness in it, but part of the the scenario is not just your standard mode, but there's also like kind of a discovery piece because Arya, the character, isn't revealed at the start of the game. Um, you actually have to discover her throughout the actual battle. So basically what this is, it's uh, sort of like a, uh, almost like a, a new module that's bolted onto the existing Storm of Swords scenario. So the Night's Watch is defending the, you know, the holdfast of the walls, right? So that's all still the same. Uh, however, the ultimate goal for the Night's Watch is to get Arya's unit off the table by going into the Lannister deployment zone. And so the way that Arya's sort of unit, if you will, is discovered would be starting in round two, you roll a D3. If the dice roll is lower than the round number, then Arya's unit has been discovered. So at a certain point, you're going to be found no matter what. But so then uh, what you're going to do is take an infantry unit with more than one complete rank. Uh, you're going to randomly select it. And then Arya becomes attached to that unit, including any abilities, right? So uh, since Arya doesn't exist yet, you know, we'll have to speculate on what that might include. It basically just keeps going at the start of each round. Uh, and then if you get Arya off the table, then you have won. So I think it's really, I mean, it's a really cool scenario, right? I mean, it's got that sort of, I think we were talking earlier about like War of the Ring. It's got that sort of like tracking down the fellowship, not really knowing uh, where she might end up, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Now, I think one thing that we talked about maybe being something that could be strengthened in this scenario, and once again, thank you so much for submitting it. It's awesome. But I, I yes. wonder, I do wonder if it's cool that she's like randomly discovered, but I almost wonder, is it is it better to actually have her in a unit? You're sort of unsure how to do your plans here with the uh, the Night's Watch in that first few <laughs> rounds. Like you really just want to make sure on round two, like you discover her and then, you know, maneuver from there. But like, it's hard to plan out your strategy if you don't find out where she is until much, much later in the game. Yeah, uh, that's so I, I think it makes sense to like almost write it down like on a strip of paper or something secretly. And then, you know, so this way, like, you know where she is, but the other player doesn't. And right. so the discovery mechanic can still work. But when she pops up, so, and, and you and could, could like bluff that. then you could bluff exactly. or and, and you know normally you're like trying to run her away but if like you're running one unit away really fast and you, they go after that one and she's not actually in that one right so then you can start to have these kind of clever plays about where you're going to send uh the unit with aria right exactly uh but this is an awesome scenario and um Tom, thank you so much for submitting it. What we're going to do is we'll start putting up some of these on the Facebook page. So make sure you check this one out. It's the Battle of the Abandoned Holdfast. Uh, so this is one of our honorable mentions. You know what I really like to see in this is some of these new ideas and mechanics being added into scenarios, which may, sure. may or may not work for like tournament play. But when you're playing at home, like these are really cool mechanics that, that could maybe be used in, in other scenarios. But uh, just add a cool, unique flavor to the game. I like when somebody, like, I mean, brought something completely unique to the space, right? They're, I mean, I know that they're technically using the Storm, you know, the Storm of Swords uh, game mode for, like, the framework. But, I mean, that that whole, like, discovering a, a, a attachment within a unit is completely new. And I think that's an awesome 
uh, addition to the game. And then for our, our second place, the, the Battle of the Green Fork scenario. And before we jump into this one and, and talk about the actual scenario piece of it here, I just want to say, so this was from uh, Yannick Burr. And first off, the layout on this one, and when we post this one later, you'll see it's like seven pages of just, it looks official. Like this maybe has the best stylistic layout out of all of them. And um, Yannick was awesome. He sent me some of the assets too so that we can use them to make our own elements. And so first off, just thank you so much to uh, Yannick for, for going through all that extra effort to, to make this look so good. And it, it really does stand out. So, so this scenario is uh, set up to basically reenact, if you will, the Battle of Green Fork. So if you remember, this was the situation where the Starks had basically sent out a token forced to distract the Lannister army while Rob Stark lifted the siege in on River Run. And so it's all about sort of delay, obfuscate your real goal, uh, and just kind of waste the Lannister's time, which is something I like to do anyway. So this <laughs> is a scenario that should be right in my alley. So I, one of the things that's different about this scenario is this will be the first scenario that I think we've seen that's played on a four by six table instead of on your traditional four by four. And each deployment zone is 12 inches. And in the Stark deployment zone, there are three forests. And it represents the Starks like coming out of the forest to attack the Lannister encampment. And then down across the middle of the board, there are three spiked barricades spread out. And in between them are the two objectives. So it's kind of like a wall where you've got like a spiked, spiked barricade, an objective token, spike barricade, objective token, spike barricade. Uh, and that represents the edge of the camp. Now, what's interesting about this, and we were trying to do some of the mental math on this, but your victory points for this, you you gain victory points as the Lannisters for sitting on the objective. So each objective is going to give you a point. The Starks get a victory point by controlling both objectives. And yeah, then, yeah, they get one for both. For one for both. So that's really, really tough for them. Yeah, the, the Starks have to have both to get anything out of it. They can just deny the Lannisters for the most part. And then the Lannisters then have to also kill the Stark player. So after rounds from rounds two and rounds two and three so so that is the starks the starks players get a victory point for having any unit alive on rounds two to three and then two victory points in rounds four to six so now what's kind of unique about this as well is that when you make your lannister force you actually have to build with fewer points than the stark player but you get a free mountain that rides that that basically builds up the rest of your point value and he has to deploy on a specific side of the table um, there's also some it's cool... Like a third of the table on the left. Uh, Mountain that rides and Tyrion both have to deploy there. And speaking of Tyrion and um, Bruce Bolton's in this as well, he actually created, Yana created special character cards for them. It's pretty cool. I, I, I like the idea of having like special scenario versions of characters. And so Tywin's thing is that he starts the game with three order tokens, and when he activates, he can spend one order token and choose one enemy unit, and that unit becomes weakened. And then he's got an ability align still his claws. You can basically redeploy a destroyed unit, and it counts as a unit's activation. And then if that's an infantry unit, you attach Tywin, Lord of Castle Rock, to that unit. Essentially, you get starts to, like, as an NCU, and then he like shows up halfway through the battle as an attachment to the yeah. The, and you remove the really NCU cool. version when you put him on the table. That's such a cool idea. Yeah, exactly. He's like, wait, hang on, guys, I got this one. And he just, like, <laughs> steps down and gets into a unit of crossbowmen or something. And then uh, Roos Bolton, Battle of the Green Fork. Uh, when Roos activates, one enemy combat unit becomes panicked. And at any cost, this is his final ability. Once per game, any time, choose a friendly combat unit. Until the end of the round, their melee attacks gain plus one to hit, sundering, and vicious. After this effect was used, Roos cannot use Assault in the Dark anymore, which was his panic ability at the top. 
So really cool creative thinking here from Yannick on on ways to kind of beef up and make interesting characters. Yeah, and well, don't forget, there's also another page with Rob Stark. Oh, him, man. Yes, yeah. So you want me to read it? Yeah, why don't you go? I'll let you have the the young wolf here. So his is uh, uh, the necessary sacrifice. So influence. Uh, so when he claims a tactic zone, you attach him to a combat unit while influencing a unit to get plus two to morale test rolls. Uh, and then once per game, when a friendly unit passes a morale test, restore up to D3 plus three wounds to a friendly unit within short range of this unit. After the wounds are restored, remove Rob Stark from the game. So pretty cool. Ooh. And uh, we'll be posting some of these up on the Facebook page. And that brings us to our our winner of the uh, scenario spectacular or specular, depending on if you need a mirror or something. <laughs> um, it's I had to say it. I had to. <laughs> and uh, it's from Mark Cooper. And it's called Urgent Reconnaissance to the North. And so there's kind of a, an opening gambit to it where the war councils of the fractured factions south of the wall have heard rumors of the rising powers of the king beyond the wall. Rumors of giants and mammoths have stirred their imagination, but they will not act on rumors alone. So he writes this little intro here to give you some flavor in which it, it proposes that you are sending a battle force up north of the wall to find out information about the wildlings. Are they potential allies? Are they insignificant rabble? Is there actually an army massing up here? And so you're scouting for information. So basically what you're looking at is uh, you have uh, two 35-point lists. Uh, you know, there's some other, uh, you know, kind of special stuff like you can't use siege equipment and there's some limitations on uh, the types of neutral factions that you can use. Like you have to use an all-neutral faction. But the, the really interesting thing is the, uh, the victory points uh, for this scenario. Uh, so the way this one works, well, actually, I should probably start with deployment. So so during the scenario setup, uh, players are going to start with deploying within long range from the, like, say, left and right-hand sides uh, of, of the table. And uh, they're going to be deploying a portion of their force. You have to put a minimum of five of your 35 points on the table at that point in time. And then also, NCUs are not used in round one. So they actually don't appear until the second round. Now, on the second round deployment, what's going to happen is the deployment zones actually flip. So the player that was on the right-hand side of the table now deploys within six inches of the bottom of the table, and the player that started on the left is going to start within six inches at the top. And now NCUs are going to be able to start you know, participating in the battle. Uh, and so what's going to happen is uh, you know, you're basically playing, again, for, for points here. So you want to uh, hit 10 points or have the most points after six rounds. Uh, and how you get points is really interesting. So one is you get one point, which is you get information for uh, any unit that is destroyed through physical attacks, including insignificant units. So even units that normally aren't worth points through combat are worth one victory point. Uh, and then from there, you get two points if you uh, battle and kill any monster. Right. Uh, two points for information for any units destroyed by a failed panic test, plus one point if the captured troopers include unit attachments. And they'll come so back like to that. There's, a, there's like a special mechanic he made for the game to influence this, this point system right here. Exactly. And then the last one here is four points for wiping out and routing the enemy. So if you kill everybody on the table, you get a bonus four points because you've captured the NCU, interrogated him, uh, and, and gotten all the information. You squeezed all the information out of him. But say you want to, uh, you know, you get a point for destroying a unit through physical attacks, but maybe you want to panic him off the table to get those sweet two points and maybe even potentially capture unit attachments. Well, in order to capture an enemy, there's a special rule in which you can make an attack against an enemy unit and the number of attacks given on the stat card can be reduced to a minimum of, of one. 
you basically reduce the number of attacks you have so that you don't actually do as much damage so you can try and get that panic effect to happen more often. Like if you're reasonably confident that you can trigger a panic attack that will kill the rest of the uh, unit and you don't want to kill them with combat, you know, you can kind of, you know, reduce the number of attacks that you're going to make to a smaller number to hopefully, you know, get that bonus point. So it's kind of an interesting gamble there uh, to try to, you know, uh, get the extra points. And uh, this is another one of those beautiful scenarios that really a lot of time has been put into laying it out nicely, uh, some, some little flavor text. Uh, some great little point values and clear deployment zones modeled. So we'll certainly have this one up on the Facebook page. Congratulations, Mark. Uh, you have won yourself a free Captain's promo set, a limited edition special from the hands of <laughs> On the Table Gaming set. Now, here's a question. Does, do we have his information? Uh, if not, he should send that in via email. Right? I, I have his information. I have his email. I just need to get his, his – uh, I got his Hotmail address. I can ask for his uh, – his uh, mailing okay. address now. Hot, wait, hotmail. Hotmail. What <laughs> this, year is this? Mail. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, uh, Mark, look out for email. I'll probably wait until this podcast goes live so that you'll be eagerly listening in and be like, that's me. That's my name. I won. <laughs> yes. And then uh, I'll reach out to you on that day, uh, on that Thursday, to get your information. Uh, in addition to the scenario that he provided that we'll be posting, he also gave us a battle report of the actual uh, scenario in play with some great pictures. And if you love uh, text-based battle reports, this is going to be uh, a good one for you. So you not only if you know you don't think you're able to play it that day, maybe you're at work and you're just checking out the Facebook page, um, you, can, you can live vicariously through him and how he plays through the scenario to see how an example of this game might go. And, and big thank you to all the people who took the time to write up their scenarios and and put them together. I mean, the, clearly a lot of thought and effort went into all of these, and I think it's so awesome to like share that creativity with the community at large. And you know, just you know, big props to everybody who uh, who participated. And so uh, I've been hinting at we have some big things coming up for on the table gaming. You know, so it's sort of ironically, we've we've changed our voice audio setup, and uh, we have some things that are helping us do split level uh, audio recording. And last week and this week, it was working fine. And somehow, you know, 10 minutes before the show, we, we messed something up. So uh, uh, it is yeah. it is coming. We're, we're going to have a, a, a better system for regulating the levels of our audio. So in the earlier recordings, there was some problems where one of our voices would be louder or... Uh, which, uh, voice, which voice is that, Chase? Oh, I think it's, uh, it's a conspiracy I think to silence me. My, my, my deep there. voice is just, just <laughs> so... <laughs> resonates so well in my speaker. Um, <laughs> so, because right now what happens is as our backup system, we record this at the same time online and it's as one flat audio file. So soon we're going to be back to having it so it's split so we can modify each... You know, a lot of tech stuff. It's going to get better audio. We've invested in some better equipment as well. And... Um, also, we have some interviews coming up that we're really excited for. We have uh, an interview on the table with a Song of Ice and Fire champion, Don Schelke from, you might have known him from Gen Con or PAX. He's our kind of tournament expert, and he's going to be sharing some of his information about tactics and the ways to be a really effective a Song of Ice and Fire player. And this guy really knows his game, this game inside and out. So I'm excited to get some some input from him. We have a few other guests as well lined up and we've been really having a fun time getting to know the song of ice and fire community and hopefully helping you get to know them as well and so you know we want to say thank you for your support uh you can also show us support by liking us on facebook at on the table gaming on facebook as well as subscribing to our youtube channel also youtube.com backslash on the table gaming 
And uh, we hope you get your miniatures on the table.